Wrestling is trash. Wrestling is trash. And welcome to Wrestling is Trash, the nonsensical podcast where these trash boys sit here and talk about everything pro wrestling, all the wrestles. We book the territories. We book our shows, we talk all the trash, and we do it right here live every Tuesday for you guys who watch the show. As always, I'm here with my boy, Trash Boy Numero Uno, in the house. Oh, I did it right the first time with the pointing. Hey, what up? What up, everyone? How you doing today? No, happy new year. Happy blessings to everyone. Speaking of blessings, uh, Lou and I would love to give a shout out. And our thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills. Had a scary injury last night without going into detail. In very, very critical condition, but is slowly making a recovery. Good signs coming from there. Lou and I were talking about it last night, so we felt it would only be appropriate, you know, as sports fans who appreciate sports in general. You know, these guys and girls put their body on the line for us. We'd love to just give our thoughts and prayers and let him know himself and his family is in our thoughts. Um, so yeah, yeah so that's um, a quick road to recovery. Yeah, it'd be, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring that up. You know, the, the, last night we were kind of going back and forth watching Raw, and uh, Nick hit me up and he's like, "Yo, you see this football thing?" And after I plugged into that, I, I was completely like sidetracked as far as trying to watch wrestling. Like originally, for you guys, what we wanted to do was to kind of do like a recap and rebooking of this show but i'll be honest with you after the i put on espn on my phone and was watching what was going on i was just out of it like it didn't really wrestling kind of really didn't matter at that point i was just kind of so caught up in what was going on with this poor kid um so you know i know this is a wrestling podcast but it just kind of relates to what was happening with us last night so just you know it's cliche but thoughts and prayers to him and his family um, the whole organization, man, the, just seeing the faces of like some of these players, bro. They, I, I just, I, I was just in, I was in shock. So I can't imagine what everybody there was going through. His mom was in the crowd. So I can't even imagine like her state of mind, but you know, hopefully he gets better. He seems to be getting a little better. It seems as far as uh what we've seen on Twitter, there's not a lot of information, but again, just uh wanted to send some positive vibes out there and while we're kind of um in this kind of vein we did have some sad news this week as we saw the passing of Don West the mm. great 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 Don West uh known more so for his TNA wrestling days when he was an announced team with Mike Tenay um you know very sad for him some you know 59 years old is not old man that was a young man and, uh, you know, he was very sick and, um, he ended up passing away, but just, uh, it's, it's, it sucks because TNA for me at, at the time when I watched TNA, that's when it was him and Mike Tenay doing announcing. So, and then in that time frame where I was watching it, that's, it was like, 
So it hit me right in the feels when I saw that happen to him. So, um, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much, but it's just, it, it was, it's just sad because he was a very beloved uh, figure in the wrestling community. So there was a lot of love pouring out there for that dude on Twitter, all social medias. So um, we just wanted to kind of echo that and say, all right, beat Don West at the same time. Exactly, exactly. End of 2022, beginning of 2023. Not really the brightest when it comes to things like that. Um, hopefully we, you know, the year just goes nothing but positive from here or as positive as possible. Um, so yes, rest in peace, Don West. Some great memories, as we were saying earlier. Um, but trying to transition, you know, from a little sad subject to what we're here to do. And that is to talk everything professional wrestling. And as you guys know, kind of like to plug the recent news and everything. And um, end of 2022, first few days of 2023, we already got some news. We said on the last show, let's see what 2023 brings. And first thing we're going to start off is what's coming up recent. I mean, coming up soon. Sasha Banks, otherwise known as maybe potentially Monet Banks or whatever name she would like to go by is. Mercedes Monet. Yeah. Rolls off the Officially tongue. in Japan, as we were all aware of. Um, but she has some company with her, Lou. She did not make that trip alone. Uh, Trinity, aka Naomi, is out there with her. And then even who, a woman who we just saw on TV last night, Bailey, has made her trip to support Sasha as well. Mercedes, I'm going to try referring to for the rest of the show or as we speak of her. Um, my quick thoughts on that is, I think that's awesome. You know, whether them two or three or whoever's going to be on TV uh, during the show or not, I think it's just awesome. But the fact that, you know, Bailey, whether she had to get approval or not, even if she didn't, it's just that's her off time that she's going to spend out there with her best friend. That's awesome. Same with Trinity. You know, love, we've all been in lines of work or just points in life where we've had people come support us and we know how good it feels. So I think that's pretty dope. And, as we've said before, both Lou and I, we're very excited for this. Uh, what do you take of this, Lou? Friends going out there. Where do you see Mercedes? What do you think is going to happen with her? Yeah, there's a lot of speculation out there as far as her future, um, especially right before the show. Apparently, she was tweeting out thank yous to everybody. Like, she was accepting a fucking award for some reason. Um, thank you, WWE, and thank you, this person and that person, and hashtag Sasha Banks. So, you know... Is she saying goodbye to WWE? No one really knows. Um, I tend, I, I don't know what to believe, man. It's, there's a, there's seen, there's a, um, there's a show coming up for AEW where, uh, Paige is teasing some mystery partner. And a lot of people are kind of speculating that she's going to end up there, but. It's like I, I, it's you know what it is, dude. It's like I can't, I can't. I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. Yes, like one of those things that's like I can't believe. The Sasha is so, you know, she's so WWE. Like that character for me is she's obviously one of my favorites. She's just so essential to that woman's roster, and she was involved in so many things. She held it down in the pandemic with Bailey. Her championship matches that she had with Charlotte were phenomenal. First woman's Hell in a Cell. Uh, she just, she's so. Main event at WrestleMania. Main event at WrestleMania. Like, she's so good. And it's so hard for me to believe 
that she's leaving. You know what I mean? So I don't know if this is because WWE seems to be playing nice now with, you know, New Japan. They're they're doing some things with Noah or, you know, Sasha's going out there. Trinity's out there. Bailey's out there. Whether she got, again, like you said, whether she got permission or if she's just on her personal time. Who knows? But it's like I'm not going to, as far as speculation with Sasha, bro, I can't. I can't tell. I don't know either or, bro. What do I want? I just want to see her wrestle. Whether that's in WWE or elsewhere, I just want to see her wrestle. And this is one of those things about this show that's coming up tonight, actually. <laughs> um, I was a little confused because I thought that she was going to wrestle. So they keep saying she's, well, it's not official either, but they keep saying she's gonna, she's expected to make an appearance. Um, I thought she was gonna wrestle Kyrie Singh, um, but Kyrie's wrestling someone else. So I don't know if she's just going to do one of those things where she comes out at the end of the match and does a challenge. You never know. But um, so is it going to be a situation where like one of those things where because, I again, we're going to be covering this New Japan show. This is going to be new for me, definitely. Um, I don't know how much experience you have in New Japan, but is it going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be one of those like fluky things where she comes out and wins the belt at the end? You know what I mean? Like they do, they just did that in for Charlotte and, and Rhonda. Is that something that happens in New Japan? I'm not sure, but, um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a challenge thing, but I would think that it's going to be a little more than that, seeing as how it's been so, she's been up there for like since Christmas. So there's a lot, man. It's a lot. People think that it's yeah. not, you know, there's and a lot going on there, dude, especially there's... the fact that you got Trinity up there too. So. My Who thing knows, is, man? I think we get that answer on that dynamite. And what I mean by that is, well, one, I want to give New Japan a shout out because on this card, they have their talent, WWE and AEW talent. Yeah. Dope for them. Even if you, and they have WWE talent backstage, I bet you there's AEW talent backstage. We just don't know about, you know what I mean? Cause they oh, have yeah. a great working relationship. So good on them for being, you know, the middleman, I guess, would you say, in all this? Yeah. So I think that's pretty dope, but it's just because you just don't know because, like, in my eyes, Mercedes is that talent that she's at that level where if I hear, like, a bidding war, like MJF says, like, if I know they're offering this, I'm going to match or give something a little more to incentivize you to come to me because she's made it known. On podcasts and everything before it, whether it's in character, she wants money, which is fair. I think everyone's all about, I'm all about these people going out there getting their bag. Um, but it's just with so much speculation around this new Japan show, which I think like I can't stress enough how phenomenal it is for them just to get eyes on there, you know, between this and then we're going to move into Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega here in a second. Mm-hmm. Like just so much like you could right now, if you said Sasha's going to be in the rumble. Will you do believe it? Yes. Is Sasha going to be on Dynamite in two weeks? Yes. Is Sasha going to do both somehow? I'd probably still say yes. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you said, man. Until I see it, I'm not, I, I can't believe anything. But, so I just want to give props to her. Um, and we'll just see. You know, we can speculate yeah. kind of like what we were doing with Cody. We can speculate, speculate, speculate. This storyline is, it's not storyline. 
Until we see it, we see it. All I know is wherever she goes, whether it's back to WWE, just stays with New Japan, or goes to AEW, I just hope she's used to the potential that we all know she has. Um, right. But then speaking on the staying on that Wrestle Kingdom topic, what about that promo, man, from Will Ospreay today and Kenny Omega? You know, we talk about Will Ospreay on this show a lot, it seems. Uh, it's almost like we kind of, kind of, we're marks. We're marks. Listen, man, can, I got, I got, I got my all time favorite Eddie Guerrero and my current favorite of the last few years has been Will Ospreay. I know, cause I know there's people probably listening to this who just like, you know, they don't really give a shit about New Japan or whatever. And that's fine. You know, we don't gatekeep on this podcast. If there's one thing we do not do is fucking gatekeep. You can watch whatever you want. You can watch all of it or you can watch none of it. And it's fine. <laughs> um, just enjoy what you want to enjoy. But it's just, this is one of those things where it's kind of like when you, when people talk about LeBron, like, you know, you have those people who hate LeBron. Yes. And they spent all these years hating LeBron. And it's like, bro, but you're like, you don't understand that in like 20 years, bro. You're going to be like, damn, that motherfucker LeBron, bro, I watched him play. You can't believe the shit he used to do. Like, you're going to be talking about that shit later. Like, this dude was the once-in-a-lifetime thing you've never seen. Now, I'm not trying to opine on Will Ospreay like he's a, you know, but he is. He is, bro. I, I said it before on this show. The thing I love about him is that he takes this shit like it's his life. Like, it's life or death with him in fucking in wrestling, bro. It, it ain't no fucking joke for him. So that promo that he cut on Kenny, um, I first, I saw the clip that you guys sent in the group chat where it was just him rushing up to Kenny and cutting the promo. Then I went back and I found the whole, it's like 18 minutes. It's on YouTube. I, I put it in the chat, obviously. Um, So then I watched that whole thing from beginning to end. And it was just, man, if you weren't interested in that show and you saw that, and you're still not interested? I, I, I had to. You had to check your pulse, bro. You don't like wrestling. You just don't like it. That's that's all yeah. it is. You just don't. If you can't watch that and go, you know what? Uh, where like like if you watch that shit, you should be like, hey, you where can I watch this? Like, what's going on? Like, if that shit don't hype you up, bro, I don't know. My favorite thing about that is one of my favorite movies is Snatch. So that kind of lingo and that kind of like. uh speech patterns and and um slang that you hear in that movie like it's a lot of british stuff mm-hmm. when i heard him go bruv <laughs> b-r-u-v when bruv. he walked up to kenny he's like really you think i like doing bruv shit got real bro shit got really fucking real and uh i don't know i've already watched it like three or four times so i'm probably gonna watch it again just because i'm hyped for this show i don't i haven't been hyped for a pay-per-view in a long 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 well, I'm not hype like this. I feel like I don't even know too many of the people on this card. And I'm like, like, I'm guys probably shouldn't air this, but I'm calling out to work to watch this show because it airs at fucking it, the pre-show starts at 120 and the show starts at 3 a.m. OK. And you have an doctor's appointment. Yeah. So it's like, I, I listen, I'm calling out. I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm going out. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to fucking sit on my bed and watch this show. So I'm super hyped. That's not even the main event, but to me it is. So yeah, I don't know, bro. Yeah. I, I, I just what thought, else can I say about the guy? 
Yeah, dude, I loved it. Real life tension. Dan said it in the group chat, and you know, like we say things so early, but in December, we're gonna revisit the third day of the calendar year and be like, that is, if not, top three promo of the year. There's already no way in hell that's not staying in the top three promo of the year. It was just phenomenal, you know what I mean? And Osprey's insanely talented. Omega's insanely talented. It's kind of like, you know the match is going to deliver. Like, you know that. So, what are the, how often do we see a match get built up perfectly without even seeing each other a lot? That's the best part. Then delivering with, you know, they're going to deliver. One thing I can't, and like I said, I'm very excited for this show too. Um, you know, anxious. It's going to be a great show to watch. I'm never, as we, we preach on this show, like we see the ratings and pay-per-view buys, but we don't sit here and talk. SmackDown did this. Dynamite did this. We don't do that. Right. But I can't wait to see the pay-per-view buys from this or streams or whatever yeah. it is. Just between all the talent, Mercedes potential, and then just this match alone. You know what I mean? This match alone is drawing people in. Like, I mean, just the Sasha, just the Sasha stands, just the Sasha stands that are gonna buy this. They're, they're over there on on New Japan World, like trying to decipher Japanese because they don't know they can hit that little button that says English on the top, trying to figure out how to yeah. buy this pay per view and watch it because they want to see her. This is gonna do tremendous numbers, man. It really is. Yeah, like I I can't stress how excited I am for that company because. So Rob got me in. So the first Wrestle Kingdom I ever watched was in 2016. Um, and it was because who I think that was AJ Styles last match. He was fighting Shinsuke, if I remember correctly. And that's when Rob and I started getting close. He's like, yo, try this. Cause I remember asking him, like, yo, this AJ Styles, like AJ Styles might be coming. He's like, yo, watch this match. And I watched that whole one. And just since then, I've watched Wrestle Kingdom every year. Um, and I get amped for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a great show. Somehow I find ways, whether I watch it in a week or two, I somehow end up watching everything. But yeah, I'm amped, and it's hyped, and it's just it's a hot topic right now. But another thing that's a hot topic right now is some people's, to include mine's, tag team of the year. Acclaim, man. Mm. Apparently, sources say Jeff Jarrett, blasted Max Caster over the rap. You know, for those who don't remember, Lou, correct me if I'm like not 100% on it, is we all heard Max Caster's rap talking about Angle's wife. Right. Because Jeff Jarrett, uh, Kurt Angle, and uh, Karen Jarrett were apparently still married when that whole thing was going on. And then so much drama just unfolded. It's very messy. It's very messy. Yeah. Kurt Angle apparently was sleeping with Dawn Marie and Kelly Kelly, which, you know, Shout out to Kurt uh, Angle, bro. And, and shout out to Kurt. You know what I mean? Kelly Kelly Shit. is one of my crushes. Still the is. I don't want to be the one. But anyway, very hot topic. And Jeff Jarrett went, you know, apparently said something about it. The reason we want to talk about it is because I got two questions for you. If you think it's storyline or not, because I'll admit, this is where Jeff Jarrett, I don't want to see him on my TV, but he's good what he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I could see it going any way. That's my personal opinion. But I'm going to go because there's no way Jeff Jarrett didn't know he was going yeah, to say it's, that. It's, now, it's kayfabe, bro. It's super kayfabe, bro. Yeah, I definitely think it's kayfabe. But it's like, say it is real. TK's got to handle that ASAP. 
Yeah, that's, but man, that shit is storyline, bro. The There's case. no way. Look, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett being in AEW is already paying dividends, bro. They're 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 doing these live shows now. They're doing house shows. Production has changed a little bit. They got a brand new set. They're debuting tomorrow. I mean, I don't know if that has to do with Jeff Jarrett, but it's all in like it's all connected. Um, things have gone know, up. Since he- yeah. <laughs> And he's just, I know that he's back there working with the talent. He He's a fucking tremendous dude when it comes to wrestling and the wrestling mind. I said on this show, I don't need him on my TV every week. But I'm going to be honest with you, he's kind of fucking growing on me a little bit. <laughs> he's growing on me a yeah. little bit. Um, I, yeah. Because obviously he can exactly. still go. It's not like he's washed. He can still fucking go. No. <laughs> but no, um, I, I don't want to see him every week. And then one last thing I just got to right. say on him before I pass Back to you, I apologize. Is sure. we know Jared loves heat. In the 2022, we saw that. Remember his what? Eight minute long entrance during the Ric Flair match? Oh my God. And even on AEW, like Jared ain't scared of heat. So he probably did this now. Just, I, I'm assuming he told his wife about this. I don't know if he didn't. I really yeah. don't care. You know what I mean? He a grown man. He knows how to handle his business, especially her. She should know how to handle this too, but. I just you think it's think? good. Like I said, it's, I'm going to go with 90% storyline for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm dead set at storyline, but I think it's good when you hear storylines like this where there could be that potential real world drama. I personally am right. a fan of bringing the real life into the show. That's just me yeah. personally. Yeah. You think Karen Jarrett does, you think Karen Jarrett doesn't want to pop up on AW? Of course she wants to fucking pop up on AW. I knew the second everything, as soon as her name got, she heard her name, she'd probably like, oh, what? And she could just start putting her little two cents in. Again, no personal shots or anything. I'm not the biggest fan of hers. She seems to love drama. And and when she hears her name, you know, she wants to get involved, which is her right. You know, they did say her name, so she's fine. But I really think this is all just part of this ongoing story because it's it's really after that. Listen, after that um, college thing, I even forget what exactly it was about that uh, Max Caster rapped about and one of his things that got him in trouble. The Oh, yes. Like, yeah. A year or two ago or whatever. He's yeah. not – his raps get checked, okay? They get checked. So I'm sure that they ran it by Jared. I'm sure they ran it by Tony. It's fine. And they put it out there, and then he – you know, it's all just part of the show, bro. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, yeah. And the most important part is it's doing its job. And I, what I yep. mean, I want to see Dynamite tomorrow to see what happens. Yep. And that's what ultimately matters to me. 100%. Um, yeah. And then I guess sticking on the AEW subject, you know, we got uh, two more news stories. One more come from AEW. The hot topic of drama, and speaking of drama, CM Punk, not really a huge social media guy. He'll post like when he's promoting his fights and even when he was with the company actively. He wasn't posting daily like a lot of the other town, which is fine. You're a grown man. You run social media however you want. But he's sharing on Instagram that his wrestling figure was the number one and number six. And that the YouTube views, I think he's in like the top two or two out of three is him. And showing GIFs and like emojis highlighting like, huh. Like, I'm kind of like the hot shit, huh? Kind of like if you need me in a way. Um, Lou, what are your kind of thoughts on this? This is very out of character for CM Punk. 
Like you never really see him kind of brag about shit like that. Like as far as I've known, I've seen, I've never really seen him kind of brag about kind of shit like this. Um, even when Tony was like hyping him up at the, the scrum or whatever, he was like, he's got the number one, uh, rated, uh, dynamite for the, 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 the last stand. And he's going to do this. CM Punk's just standing there like, okay, like Jesus, this guy's embarrassing me. Like he, you know, you could see he was a little awkward about getting all that praise. So it's a little out of character for him to be kind of like touting himself. So that's a little weird. Um, I, I tend to believe that he's, Bro, I'm telling you, he's going to come back. <laughs> he's going to come back. Yes. He's going to yeah. come back, bro. Um, it's, it's, it's going to happen. You know, obviously he's still injured, so it's a ways away, but that dude's going to come back to AEW, bro. I can almost, I don't want to say almost guarantee it, but it's like, dude, everything that I feel, it would just be, if you, okay, with a caveat, as long as you can get your talent to sit down in a room and hash these, fucking stupid idiotic issues out and you can kind of get that solidified then he can come back or he will come back um if you're just bringing him back and saying fuck my talent i'm bringing him back that's a problem bro you can't do that you gotta have everybody sit down and figure these things out because it's it's, otherwise it will go really bad but yeah you post shit like this it's just why would you do that like why is he doing that why are you kind of still talking about AEW? You, you shouldn't be like, you know what I'm saying? It's petty. And he doesn't really do that type of shit. So it's, it's, it's a little weird, bro. Yeah. No, I think, I still think doing things like this shows he's probably still on the bad side because he was sharing that things, which is unlike him, even sharing old photos of him in WWE. Mm-hmm. And he, in his seven year hiatus or whatever it was, you never saw him posting photos unless it was like a, like a funny photo of a backstage thing, but not as an active AEW talent, you know, doing that. Yeah. But I think he comes back too. I think he does too. It's kind of like, all right, dude, like hash this out. Ex- everything you said, just hash it out with the talent, whether it's some of the more, High name talent, like apparently like how some of them don't want him back, like hashing out with those locker room leaders like Jericho and Brian Danielson and things like that. Or even if not them, most importantly, the elite. Squash your beef. Make that money. Don't be telling action figures and YouTube views and things like that. Because YouTube views aren't anything. Because I don't even, I didn't see MJF's name in a lot of those. And you can argue he was probably a lot of people's favorite AEW talent last year. Yeah. So... You know, just, but I want, I, I don't know, man. I swear one day I want to see him on TV. The next day I don't, I guess I want to see him on to see what he does. Or what I want to see him come back as a monster, monster, monster fucking heel. Which My is- thing is, again, I said it before. One of these pay-per-views, MJF is headlining the show. He has a grueling match with whoever. He comes out on top. He starts going like, but they got to kind of start. If you start seeing MGF start going a baby face route, you know it's happening. That's how you're going to know. If you start seeing MJF start doing baby face shit, where he just starts becoming a good guy all of a sudden, and he's getting cheered and they're riding that wave, that's when you know it's coming. In one of those pay-per-views, some dude, what I want is for some dude to come out with a mask, 
beat the shit out of him with a pipe or some shit, get him all bloodied up, drag him around the ring, blah, 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 blah. And then can you imagine he takes that fucking mask off and it's CM Punk? Yep. Oh, my God. The only pop that you could get bigger than that is if he goes back to WWE. Yeah, especially if they waited as long as, like, All Out, where they always do it in Chicago. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they, there's money to be made with this, and whether it's – and I think a lot of it's him. He's got to put motherfucking pride to the side. Yeah. Sometimes you got to take your L's, especially when it can make you probably millions of dollars. I'll take L's any day of the week if I'm going to make friggin' millions. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's eight. And then – um. And then moving on to our last news subject, what kind of transitions to, you know, the reason being here, what we're going to be speaking about today is, say, arguably, I'll speak for Lou here, but correct me along, one of our probably mutual favorites in WWE right now, as far as wrestling things he does, Seth Rollins in the main event, Austin Theory had a very, very good match, um, but at the end, which we didn't see on air, is the dreaded X's came up, right. come out ring there was videos of that seth looking highly frustrated limping to the back i don't know what leg or knee or whatever it was but he historically has the injury of torn acl mcl meniscus and everything like that so hopefully it's nothing in general but uh i've only seen videos about this but it's the brand new year it's rumble season but most importantly it's mania season and that's someone whether they had a match planned for him yet or not was going to be in some sort of high-profile match. Um, you know, I hate seeing injuries in general. Like I said, last night, you know, just between football, just any sport in general, whether even if I'm watching, like, a football game, like, perfect example, Pats fan, I'm watching the game the other the other day. Teddy Bridgewater's the backup plan, but he gets hurt, comes out. Like, as much as it benefits my team, I don't like seeing someone get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, right. being pain, one, sucks. And two, yeah. like, that's how they make their money. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, but hope nothing's wrong. Seth's arguably probably my favorite wrestler in WWE right now, just between his promo, how he's over, what he does in the rings. So I hope everything's okay, but what are you thinking? You think you think he's actually injured here? I'm I'm starting to think that he is actually hurt. And because the thing is, so last night during the match, and we'll we'll talk about the match later, but he picks up theory for like a power bomb, I think, if I remember, and his knee gave out. Or I think it was the pedigree, right? He tried to put him in the pedigree and his knee gave out. Uh, I think it was I think he was going for the buckle bomb, which is how he heard it the right. first time. Okay. Yeah. So he get, he goes to put him in that shit, the knee buckles and he drops him. Then he picks him up again and he completes the move without selling the leg at all. And I was like, hmm, that's a little weird because if you're selling the leg you're going to try for a second time and at least kind of cuz he just the second time he just fucking picked him up and did the move like he didn't yeah. it was like if nothing happened so on one hand you could be like nah he's not hurt but on the <laughs> other hand you could be like uh that's adrenaline and we've seen that a lot before where wrestlers just kind of push through the pain and when i saw him do it the second time and he didn't even like wince or anything doing it i was like uh oh that looked a little weird but i kind of forgot about it as the match went on and then we saw that video from the post show where, the, you know, they're throwing up the X and they're dragging him out of the ring and he's being helped out. I was like, uh, shit. The fact that we haven't seen anything online is a little mm-hmm. worrisome. Cause you know, usually WWE would be like, Oh, Seth Rollins was injured, whatever. Yeah. Cause for, for the, for the show reasons, not, not, not the actual injuries. Cause they don't really actually report real injuries. They'll report like the, 
show injuries. Like he got injured last night. Oh no, what are we gonna do? And they haven't done that. Um, they haven't actually done anything. And there's almost like no news besides that video. So yeah. it's a little weird. Um, him getting hurt right now would be really, really bad, really bad. For the comp- yeah, because he's kind of like one of the flagship people on Raw. So no, not even kind of. He is. He so is. for him to get hurt right now would be not great. Yeah, and uh, so speaking of momentum, adrenaline, everything like that, when he got injured that first time when he was champ and relinquished the title, I've watched that 24 before. They did on him with his return. And he even said in that match with Kane, he still powerbombed him through the table, finished the match with a pedigree, and still pedigreed him. So Seth ain't the type that's going to quit. So I think it's actually real because of the reasons you are saying. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Ugh, like that ain't it, you know. But if that's the case, he's got to retire that move because he that would have been the second time he hurt himself, but the second time it injured others. Because as we know, the buckle bomb to the bear into the barrier is what hurt Finn Balor. To be honest, you could argue that ruined Finn Balor. You know, he was retired. Was Sting. retired yeah, and then Sting, retired at least from WWE for a while. Thing from WWE for a while. So it's like. That'd be the fourth time since 2015, so what, seven years, we'll say, for major injuries. You know, Balor was out for a minute. Seth was out for a minute. If this is the same thing, again, he's out for a minute. Sting was out from 2015 till I think his first match was, what, twenty the end of 2020 or beginning of 21? Yeah. You know what I mean? So five, winter, six years. Winter is coming was like in November or some shit, right? November 2020, yeah, 20, I think. Yeah, so you got to think, like, that move's got to go. Even if he's not like, even if it's something bruised or like it's not enough to take him out for months, like, hey man, I get it. That's your staple. Like that is one of his staple moves, but that's got it. That's almost it's almost cursed at this point. Like you gotta you gotta just get that juju off of you, bro. Enough with that shit. No more buckle bomb. Yes, he's too talented to need to rely on that one move. You know. Um, But yeah, everyone, that concludes the news. You know, we took a while on that because. Before Three we before in. we move on from that, Nick, I just kind of wanted to bring this up. Uh, I don't see any um, I don't see any merch in the background there on your screen, man. Are are you actually a real wrestling fan, or what's going on here? I'm fake. I'm fake. So you know, uh... for those of you who don't know, and all of you uh, young people might have seen this on TikTok if you follow wrestling, or old people like me who are on TikTok for I don't even know why I'm on there. There was a viral TikTok video that went on WrestleTalk of a young man who he uh he felt that his opinion was that if you are a wrestling pundit, if you have a wrestling show, if you do wrestling related video content, um if you do not have any merch in the background of your videos, if you don't have belts, if you don't have figures or posters or any of that in the background of your videos you are not actually a fan of wrestling and uh wrestling tiktok proceeded to eat this young man up as well they should have uh our fellow trash boy dan dinkins made a very calm and poignant response to this young man i would not have done the same (laughs) uh But it's funny because I wanted to see his full video and he's as of, as of now has deleted that video. So 
uh, you know, Russell Talk went to eating this boy up. But um, I just wanted to say before I ask you your opinion on it, um, we are not gatekeeping on this podcast. We're not doing that shit. I already said that earlier. You know, wrestling is for everybody. <clears throat> it's something that should be bringing us all together. It's something that we all enjoy, whether you watch, you know, NWA, TNA, WWE, AEW, New Japan, GCW, XPW, House of Glory, whatever you watch. There's so much wrestling out there for you to watch. You can get anything you want. But we're not going to gatekeep, bro. We're not going to do that. I, you see the shit that's hanging here? All these fucking autographs and shit. I've amassed these in like the last year and a half, maybe. That belt right there. Obviously, you guys know I got that last month. And the champ. I've been a wrestling fan for like 35 years. And I've had not, I've just amassed that shit this year. The most, the most I've ever had is wrestling shirts. Maybe some Funko Pops that I've since have sold. But that having shit hanging off your wall, having toys or any of that shit doesn't make you a bigger fan than anyone else, bro. I don't understand the mindset behind that. It's like, I don't understand why you're trying to gatekeep something and be like, oh, look at me. I have, bro, people got bills. People got kids. People got alimony payments, car payments. Not everybody has the time to be fucking buying belts. Bro, I bought that belt right there that you can't see that's hanging. I'm not going to tell you how much I paid for it, but it's on a payment plan. Because I ain't got no fucking two, $300 to throw away on a belt. That's the, most of the reason why I bought that motherfucker, because I got it on a payment plan. Yeah, that's right. I said it. A payment plan. So to gatekeep wrestling is whack as fuck. We're not doing that shit. So I don't know how you feel about it with your no merch on your wall. No, I the exact same way as we were talking about it off air. Um, besides shirts and being a kid when I was a legit child having action figures, I don't count that as merch. That's just me playing wrestlers, you know what I mean? Right. Like a lot of kids do with other toys that they have. But besides shirts, I have two like autograph like photos and I got both of them in the year 2021. And I can argue I am a massive wrestling fan. To me, at the end of the day, I never watched his original video because I saw what Dan did and I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to look at this kid. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Dan did the right thing, said his right piece calmly, as you said, you know, because to me, it comes off as ignorance. Because you said people got bills, like, you know what I mean? And then wrestling's supposed to be a happy thing for everyone. And we live in a world where it's very toxic because at the end of the day, no matter what we have in life, if you're going through shit, you can always turn to wrestling, whether it's mm -hmm. new wrestling, some old shit you used to like when you were younger. Like, I feel that's why I think I'm more positive on the wrestling world is because you can always turn to wrestling, you know, to clear your mind or whatever. So for you, but it mostly comes out of the ignorance and it's like finances. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a massive football fan, massive football fan. I have no football merch besides like jerseys. Does that mean yeah. I'm not a football fan? Right. You know what I mean? And same thing. Real wrestling merch costs a lot of money. You know what I mean? I've always wanted a belt, but I, I refuse to honestly spend like hundreds of dollars on it. You know what I mean? And yep. I'd probably go the same way you did if I ever did. But it's like, I don't know. It's just ignorant to me. Like, there's just no other way to say it. Like, 
young, old, however, it's like, you gotta, that's one of them think before you speak. Like I watch wrestling podcasts and didn't he say something like I watch wrestling podcasts and I don't see any merch. Like yeah, you, Dave Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer, probably, um, biggest podcaster wrestling source guy out there. I see his little snippets on TikTok. He's sitting just like I do with a wall behind yeah, him. Yeah, he's sitting behind the wall. Not a little bit yeah. of merch. I mean, like, you see these wrestlers, former wrestlers doing it. No, I don't. Just dumb. He's an idiot. Glad he learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah when it comes to, like, uh, a sports memorabilia and shit like that, it's funny you bring that up because I tend to go really stupid when it comes to, uh, and I, I used to. When it comes to sports stuff, like when I when I was married with my ex-wife, I've been a Giants fan since 1992. Um, when they went to the Super Bowl, that that uh that first one, um, I lost my fucking mind. I was buying plaques, and I had uh, Todd McFarlane is a a comic book creator. He created this comic called Spawn. Um, he also makes toys and figures. Um, I think I got quite a few here. I got. One here, based on the Destiny uh, video game. But he makes very high-quality, like, figures, you know? They, they don't look like G.I. Joe's. They, they look like little statues and shit. And he makes, uh, he's got a whole line of, like, NBA and NFL. And I started buying every single Giants one, bro. I like three <laughs> Eli's. I got the fucking straight hand. I got... And it's like one day the, the, the wife went into the, um, cause I had like a man cave. She walked in there and she's just looking around and she was like, yo, this is getting kind of stupid. Like you have shit everywhere. And I was like, you know what? I agree. But again, even with that, I didn't feel like I was a bigger fan than anyone else. I wasn't walking around going, Oh, I got fucking plaques and I, no, bro. I was getting that shit because I wanted to and I was able to. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sitting here saying I was a bigger fan than anyone. So just cut that shit out, bro. That's just whack as fuck. There's no reason for you to sit here and try to gatekeep a, a sport or entertainment just because you feel like you're a bigger fan than anyone else. If, if there's one thing I've learned in my 44 years of living on this earth is that whatever you do, there's always someone out there who is doing it bigger or harder pause than you're doing it. Whether... If you're working out and you're getting your pump, there's a dude twice your size. If you're, you know, whatever, anything that you do, there's always a person. Because there's just, you know, it's just the way life is. There's so many people. So, you know, that was my response to that kid. Because I really wanted to do a TikTok response. But I was like, I don't want to be disrespectful. But it was, like, really annoying that it was really annoying me. So I'm glad we The end of the day. The end of the day. Fuck him. Hey. There you go. Trashiest of the trash. Yeah. But he ain't no trash boy. Nah, bro. No, 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 no. That ain't happening. Nah, and then, uh, so Lou, let's dive in to what we're going to be doing tonight. As Lou said earlier, you know, we did have a major distraction last night watching Monday Night Raw. Something we wanted to do and we just haven't done is kind of go over like a show how we book it, what we liked, what we didn't like. And, uh, Lou, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. Way. How did Monday Night Raw start for us last night? So, uh, actually, Raw started out really cool. I love when they do things like this, like any wrestling show. I love when it starts out, like, with chaos. One of my favorite episodes of uh, WCW Nitro ever 
was when the NWO came out at the beginning of, like, they did the pyro. And then right after the pyro was over, like, you see Scott Norton, Hall Nash, Steiner. They're just destroying the fucking set. They're yep. pulling down the big nitro sign. They get Shivani the fuck out of there and Heenan. They throw the, uh, uh, Bischoff puts the headset on. And I think Nash put the he- other headset on and they started doing commentary over NWO destroying the ring. And I love that shit. Cause yeah. it's like, you know, it's different. You, you, you tune into the show, you're ready for the show to start and it's just like chaos. So it was pretty cool to see like the bloodline out there causing chaos. Um, kind of silly to have like, you know, four guys kind of dominate a locker room full of like 50, 60 wrestlers. But, you know, it is what it is. They're, they're the bloodline. They're out there doing their thing. So I kind of like the way they started the show. Um, I really like the fact that they, uh, messed with the commentary people too, because that shit was funny. I was kind of hoping that, uh, the Usos were going to do commentary for the rest of Raw because uh, that imagine- would have been hilarious. Um, a major, I like the way they started the show. Yeah. I like the way they started it. And then they had, um, uh, fuck, what is this fuck? Uh, Pierce come out with his little squadron and he tried to like take charge of the show and tell them, you know, that's it. I'm tired of this shit. It's like about time, bro. You're supposed to be the general manager of this chaos. There's always chaos happening on these shows, bro. And you ain't doing shit. So it's about time you come out here and flex your authority, B. Uh, so yeah, it was cool. I, I, I did, I did enjoy that. I enjoyed that entire segment. Um, I like the fact that they put the bloodline all in different matches. I thought they were going to put them all in like one on one matches. Okay. But, you know, it didn't kind of play out that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I like the beginning. Like they had the intro video and then that got cut short because they started jumping, you know, just everything they were doing. Um, as you said with the commentary, uh, I would have loved if the Usos did it because I'm not a fan of raw commentary. Um, yeah, I think the way they started the show, if I was sitting in that room with them, like I probably would have kept that the scene because I thought it was a great start. Bloodline, just like, oh, there's only probably in the whole wrestling business, there's probably only five or six people or groups, however you want to break them down, that can really are just not missing. And the Bloodline's one of them, in my opinion. Um, thought it was a phenomenal start. Pierce coming out, setting up a couple matches, uh, later in the night. Um, I kind of liked how when they were backstage, first off, you saw uh, KO's eye. Roman definitely gave him yeah, that receipt. He gave him the receipt, Friday. bro. Yeah, Roman yeah. gave him that, which, you know, I like that. Whether, now, whether they got some beef or not, you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. Like I said, I like when the real world comes with a – I kind of liked how Elias stood out here. Um, yeah. You know, I as we said, first off, credit to Elias for growing a beard. That quick. Listen, man, I, I need to know, bro, because if you see me, you guys have noticed over the past few weeks, I'm trying to grow back my freaking giant beard out because I, I go through these love-hate relationships with my beard where I'll do the little uh, chin strap because I, I'm sick of having the big beard. And then slowly the chin strap starts transforming into this bullshit. And the next thing you know, I look like Teen Wolf. So it's taking forever this time around to grow the beard out. And I'm sitting here looking at Elias. He was doing the Ezekiel things, clean shaven, completely clean shaven, clean face and everything. And all of a sudden he comes back and he's like, has a full beard. And I thought it was a fake beard that he was wearing. Maybe he's wearing a fake beard now. I don't know. But I don't think it is because you would think that shit would have moved during the match or something. But it's like, how yeah. the fuck did this guy grow a full beard in four months like that? Like, I'm, I don't, I fail to understand how the fuck he did this thing. 
Did they CGI no. his beard off when he was Ezekiel or something? Yeah, I, I don't know, but I give him credit. Honestly, he, I'm happy so that confused, Elias, though. that Elias is Elias again. Um, cause he stood yeah. out to me kind of in that segment, like, no, cause Solo took him out weeks past and was like, yeah, but no, I thought, you know, up until then, uh, transitioning to the, uh, following that was Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. Um, right. so they got to start off with. Oh, this sorry, show sorry, had bro. a fucking excellent match, and it had a very shitty match. And I would like for you guys to try and guess which one was which. This was a <laughs> shitty match all around. Yes. Um, I did not like this match, and for several reasons. Because as most of you have seen, if you're on Twitter and you've seen online, um, Bianca and Alexa recreated the scene from Scary Movie um, where... Uh, this girl was fighting a ghost, or the, and you know, they, you've seen it. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain it. They recreated that. That's pretty funny that they did that. But in my mind, it's like, what, what does Alexa's character gain out of Bianca holding her head like a child while she's swinging, and trying to yeah. punch at her? Like, what does her character gain from that? Nothing. Not a fucking thing. It was a funny moment. It went viral. If that's what they were going for, I guess that's fine. But um, I hate this version of Alexa Bliss. I hate it. Um, for me, Alexa Bliss needs to go back to her old music, her old Five Feet of Fury character, where she was just. There's some. There are some people, and and these two being together is perfect because there's there's certain people who are natural faces and natural heels. Bianca is a natural baby face. Alexa's a natural heel. But they have her right now like smiling and waving at the crowd and shaking little girls' hands. But then she's being possessed by this fucking Uncle Howdy slash Bray Wyatt intimidation thing that's happening on the screen. We haven't even seen her and Bray Wyatt interact at all. We haven't seen Uncle Howdy show up on the show. We had, you know, this week, obviously, we had some dude wearing an Uncle Howdy mask in the crowd. I thought it was like a, a, a just a dude in the crowd because you saw like one of the security people was like, yo, yo, his security was like, the fuck down. Yeah. Like, you know, it was you weird. You can tell he was, moved his head, probably saying, like, I'm a talent, I'm a talent. He's like, it's like, this is supposed to be happening, dumbass. Get out of the shot. Like, it was very weird. Um, but I just, I hated the Lily thing. I'm glad they're not, at least not doing that. But if they're going back to that shit, um, it's just not for me, man. If, 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 if the reports are that she's enjoying doing the angle and she enjoys working with Bray Wyatt, that's fine. But I don't like, first of all, when you have, uh, and I know I'm, I'm sorry, I'm dominating the conversation, but you look at Bianca and then you look at Alexa standing in the ring next to each other. Come on, man. This match should not be going past three minutes. Like, especially with the way Alexa's character is now. If she was doing the fight for the Fury thing and she's kind of like taking her leg apart and kind of working the knee or working an ankle or something where she's kind of breaking Bianca down, then I get it. But she's over here trying to outpower Bianca Belair. Like, that makes no fucking sense. None. So, I don't know, bro. None of, nothing, nothing about this worked for me at all. No, no, the um, I did like the scary movie thing. I did like that reference, you yeah. know. Clever Ooh. how it kind of caught on. 
how it caught on so quick too. Like I saw that on the internet like 30 minutes after. So like I've seen that movie before. I think it's scary movie three. And yeah. um, so very quick, like credit to the people, but and it was yeah, long you know, actually. It wasn't just like two seconds of it. Like they did the whole routine, like whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's only like I wasn't a fan of this. I'm not a fan of the magic stuff unless you are that character, like an Undertaker, a House of Black, a Bray Wyatt. Maybe it'll be better this time, but just off past history, I didn't like Alexa in that. So I'm already already on the I don't like this side. Um The only kind of I kind of want to say positive I took from this, and I don't know if it's it's random that it's Alexa, but I know why it's her. Is that like the first time Bianca kind of was like put out though since she's even been on the main roster? Like she's nah, lost. We've, we've seen her get but, put out a few times. Um, I mean, Bailey put her out like a couple that, times. Though, with the but not like, and medical. not like bloody and shit though. Yeah. So I guess that's the only pot, but to see the thing is you can have trash. We know that here, but <laughs> how do you, how do you kind of follow up with it? You know, I don't think between the two of them, it's over. By any means, yeah. but you know, one gripe I have with Alexa Bliss, and this is why I go with her personal, but nothing like weird, crazy like that is. I get it; it's 2023. We live in a new world, but like, she was on Twitter like 10 seconds after that, like sharing personal things, which is fine. You do you, but for me, it takes away from the character. You know what I mean? And like, I don't mm. judge her for that, but even like now, like you. Rarely see Bray Wyatt. You rarely yeah. see like Malachi Black on there. Like they're, and if they are, it has to somewhat do with them. Or if they're posting personal, it's not very often, you know? Like, so, and I get it. You live your life, girl. Like you do, you, it's just, I think that personally takes that away from me. Like, how, how are you going to be over here, you know, spitting blood and yeah. dressing how she used to dress and then 10 seconds later, Tweeting like a photo at Disney, or well, Bray Wyatt is about- the worst. Bray Wyatt's the worst one with that shit. When he introduced the Fiend, and then like a week or two or three later, he was like literally in full Fiend makeup, like arm in arm, taking pictures with like I don't know who it was or what wrestlers it was, and they're smiling like, "Hey, we're here with the Fiend, dog," and it's like, "Yeah, like, what the fuck." Yeah, so like I see it, but I don't know. I really want to spend much more time on it. If they ha- if there's a good payout from this, cool. But uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. I kind of liked what? with Montez. I will speak on to. Yeah, I liked that. But yeah. it was it was one thing I've I, always wondered. I, but one thing I've always wondered about like these like quote unquote famous people and these wrestlers is like, how hard would it be to have your own like personal social media page because i'm one of those people like i have a i have a instagram page and i don't follow like almost anything like i follow my friends and that's it i'm not following like the rock and impact wrestling and all that shit i have the everything podcast page where i follow everything i follow my friends businesses and wrestling and then whatever but like my personal page it's it's a private page you gotta request me to be a friend and like i just post my personal shit to my friends. Like, that's it. So, like, how hard would that be for, like, wrestlers to have that shit? Like, they just add their friends and, you know, change the name or whatever, keep it on the low, but then you have a fake page that you have up 
that's your official page and you let some social media person run that shit and they post all your, you know, bullshit. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. see how hard that would be. I don't think it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think it is, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, overall, just not a big fan of this. I'm not, uh, there's really nothing else to say about it. <laughs> I just, no. you know, it's fine that Bianca's involved in this thing and it seems like they're taking Alexa in a certain direction, but it's just, again, we're going to have to wait and see, but what they're doing so far is just not, it's doing nothing for me. Um, no, nothing. Having spoken about Elias, he had a match with Solo Sokoa tonight. That was one of the first matches that Adam Pierce set up between, uh, the bloodline and his roster. So Elias went to um, Adam Pearce and demanded this match because Solo had laid him out like a few weeks ago. So um, this match, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very hard hitting, which I always enjoy. Um, but the one thing for me that stands about about stands out about this match that should not stand out about this match at all is Kevin fucking Patrick's shitty commentary, bro. He called a Uranagi. Are you ready for this? You know what he called the Uranagi? He called it a spinning solo. What the fuck is a spinning solo? <laughs> what the fuck is that? He called it a spinning solo. The guy, again, I hate to harp on it. I hate to harp on the poor guy. I know he's just trying to do his job. But he is the worst person I think I've ever heard on commentary. Because he does not call the matches. He just... He literally, there was a few times in the show where Corey Graves is talking about, like, it's post-match. And he's like, man, that fucking match that we just saw with, uh, you know, Solo. And and, and and he literally goes, yeah, Seth Rollins. I was like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? You literally just, you're not even, no response. You just completely switched to the next thing. Like, the dude has no flow. He doesn't call the matches. He doesn't call any moves. Rarely he calls a move, he calls it wrong. And then you have Corey, who's supposed to be doing color, but he's like calling the match and doing color and responding to this jackass that's trying to tell stories. So it's just... Yeah, if I'm, if I'm WWE, I don't know McAfee's situation, college football's over. I'm assuming he's coming back when they did that initial announcer release. They said he will resume... And Michael Cole said it. So me, easy day. Wade, you're going to Mondays. Pat, you go back to Fridays. Corey does the play-by-play and Wade does that. That's just me personally. But yeah, but some, so my hot take on solo, I'd have to really sit and think he's easily in my top 10 probably favorite wrestlers right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Big fan of solo. I love the way they have him basically just as a big badass. Yeah, I love that. I like his ring gear. I love his entrance. Like, the, the entrance itself and bang. the theme. He got a banger ass theme. Yeah, his that theme is fucking that, hard. That's on my gym playlist. That's on my gym. Yeah, that shit's hard. It's like the, the modern day, not as there, but the comparisons are there. You know, his uncle, Umaga. You know what yeah, I mean, with the spike and, but like you said, hard hitting though. Back to the match. Hard, hard hitting. Like, those pianos, those keyboards, I mean, hey, hitting man. each other. Like, dude, that, hurts. that fucking, that that hurts. fucking piano spot when he hit him in the back. I was like, dude, even if that shit is hollowed out and whatever, like, come on, man. That shit's got to hurt, bro. 
And then, and okay, Elias take- have you, who the fuck is this Hardy guy? Who the fuck is this guy? Do you know who that is? No, so I'm not a country music person at all. I don't think you are either, no. to my knowledge. No. But the reason they spotlighted him so much is because he has the Rumble theme song. And it's right. forming it at the Rumble. So I guess okay. that's okay, it, but great. it must be an like, great. Why, why are you getting I loved what Solo. I wish Solo would have kind of got a shot in on him, but I love yeah, Solo. I don't think the that guitar. dude was willing to. Nah, I don't think that dude was willing to take any kind of bump or anything like that. Um, but that fucking the that I will say, I don't know who that dude is. Never heard of him before in my life, but that was a very very good guitar shot. He hit that shit perfectly on the shoulder where the guitar shattered, but it still looked like you you got all of it on Solo. And Solo just fucking completely no-sells that shit. Just turns around real slow like, the fuck? Who the fuck just hit me? And what I like when celebrities are involved, I'd like to make an exception made for, but like, the dude isn't a little guy either. Like, he's kind of a bigger dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a little believable that he might have, like, the balls, I guess you would say, to step up, but... What about the way the match ended, though, with Solo just slamming all? I think that piano was supposed to break, and it didn't because yeah, that looked like that it hurt looked like a, a bit. Uh, and then Solo put the guitar next to him as he walked away. But yeah, I think if I don't know where they, I don't know if there's going to be an ever an inevitable bloodline split. But Solo is on the mic. I really don't remember from NXT to be honest. But if he can he go on, much. he can, he doesn't he, say much. Yeah, I, he doesn't really need to either. No, but I could like it's funny and being like a dominant U.S. champion or something for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really wish that they would have kept the. I mean, I know why they did it, but that visual of him having that North American Championship when he came to SmackDown, that shit was so dope. Like mm-hmm. he immediately came to the Bloodline with gold. Like I was with that shit. I don't, you know, a, a lot of people don't want them having all the belts, but I was with that shit. I Damn. was like, oh, that's dope. Very let him bring that hoping- shit, bro. Dumb as a bell it was, I wanted Sammy to get the 24-7 title. Just so they all had gold. Yeah. Like, some people wanted, some didn't. But, uh, yeah, nah, Solo, they've been presenting him phenomenal, you know? And we, yeah. we talked about the clash at the castle, like, how he came in and, like, I think if he would have came in more dominant in that debut, it, went, it made it better. But it wasn't really a good debut. Definitely fully recovered being in the bloodline. But what about the Samoan spike he hit, too, as Elias got off the turnbuckle? Yeah. Like, and I like the way he hits that shit too. Yeah, he and does it, it, he does the same. I the guess so. Out, no, it's just, just this shit is. It's a it's it's cool because that's not a move that you really ever see anymore. Um, you know, you haven't seen it since Umaga. Nobody, there's no one else really who could do it besides a, a solo Sokoa. So we gotta have like cool that. that back. Like he's got the yeah. body. Like and Triple H was the one who said, "Yo, you should do this." Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a good match. Like I said, I'm high on Solo right now. Um, I could see Solo in the Rumble getting like, not like the, I don't know. I could see him in that guy who has an impact getting like four or five eliminations. Or yeah, something. he could, he could do like a good like 30 minutes if he's got it in him. Again, you got to have the fucking stamina to do that shit. The only reason I worry about that is because you could see during the match with Elias, he was, uh, he was doing a lot of talking. Like there's yeah. a point there where he's laying down in the corner and he's just like, 
okay bro like can you like what the fuck like you guys are taking too long with that shit but you know overall it doesn't really distract too much it's just stupid shit that you know we'll see that a lot of people probably won't you know that's something the general public won't even fucking see or whatever so it doesn't really matter in the end yep yes that's all i gotta say but then following that was the second of the bloodline made matches was uh, the Usos and Sami Zayn teaming up against the Street Profits and Kevin Owens because going reverting back to that backstage segment, Kevin Owens and the Profits, both victims of the bloodline lately, want to get up there. Um, good match. I thought it was a great match. You yeah. know, six seconds go. I, I, I know we've been saying it, but Angelo Dawkins has improved so much between it just like, you know, pause by how his body looks to right. how he goes the ring and then Montez doing what he does best as always he did some phenomenal storytelling there you know acting very upset with what went through with his real life wife um things like that there's only one negative I take from this match I think he won't be affected too much by but I don't like seeing Montez take the pin you know I'm still in that mindset why did he need to take the pin for that I didn't get that I guess you could argue because of the where he was at at time but um I kind of liked how he just, he wasn't, you could tell he wasn't being like the dick, like heel, like, nah, I'm not tagging in, I'm walking away. Like, you could just tell he's mentally wasn't there. But once KO did the kind of like push tag, like, nah, motherfucker, you getting in. Yeah. Um, the match picked up. But man, I can't sing Montez's praise enough. He's just so good. Like, I think when he does like that run and the flip over the ropes, like, I think he has to watch how much he gives so he doesn't always land on his feet. Yeah, did it you seems see how he do it so easy? He almost like, like, it's almost like when he does that shit, he slides off of the wrestlers. Like, he, cause you yeah. know, some people do a jump and they just crash into them and they all go down. But he literally like hits it and it looks good. And he like literally slides off of them and just lands it like every time. It's like, bro, I, the body control that the dude has in the air is is fucking nuts. It's really yeah, nuts. It's, um, it's funny that <clears throat> WWE had to. It's the new year, you know. It's January second, so we got to start getting in those street profits and Usos matches. We got to let's go. <laughs> last year we had like twenty seven. We had like twenty seven of them last year, so they're like, nope, it's a new year, bro. Let's go. Let's get them started, bro. It's just hilarious to me. Like he's like, we're gonna have a match tonight. And it's going to be the Usos. It's like, oh, okay, the Usos are the Street Profits. Cool. All the people on the roster who are pissed off with them, but it's, it has to be the Street Profits. Okay, cool. I'm down. Because it's always a good match. You know, we talk shit, but the match is always good. But it's just funny yeah. that that's the route that he went. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but overall, good match. Six dudes who can just go, you know, like, so. I don't know. Uh, you got any final comments, really, on this one? No, nah, it was just entertaining all around. They they didn't they you know they didn't really elevate too much story or anything like that. Uh, it was fine, you know. I, I enjoyed it. It was uh there was nothing really too bad about it or or anything that was that blew me away. It was just a very good um six man. Yeah, because the then- following match, oh my god, it really uh I really don't listen. I just don't understand this. I, so the next match was uh, Dexter Loomis and Chad Gable. So first of all, one thing I wanted to say is that there were seven matches, seven matches on the show, seven, in a three-hour wrestling show. 
there's seven matches. Even if all of those matches were 20 minutes each, that's like what? 140 minutes out of Mm -hmm. three fucking hours of TV. Like what's happening, bro? You got a lot of talent back there and you have seven matches, but whatever. Uh, and then this is the, this is what you give time to Dexter Loomis versus Chad Gable. Now, again, we love Chad Gable on this show. Um, but they played an angle out last week or the week before where the Miz, you know, was, uh, he has Bronson Reed. So of course this week, what do you do? No Miz, no Bronson Reed on the show. So you don't follow that up. And then this thing with Dexter Loomis, like that whole silent killer, whatever the fuck character he is, might've worked in NXT, but I I don't think that shit's going to work on the main roster, bro. Like he needs to talk. He needs to talk, bro. Sam Shaw can talk because he was Sam Shaw in Impact Wrestling. He was basically the same character, but he was like a more like a, cerebral like kind of like killer character in in impact Mm -hmm. um and he spoke he actually said words out of his mouth this whole staring into the camera and because the thing is like what the fuck what does he want what is he doing where is he going what is he after what's his motivations like he's not speaking he's not talking he's not communicating to anyone so is he a fucking heel is he a face is he a, is a good guy? Is he actually a serial killer? Does he have people in his basement? Like, why is he here? Why is he fighting Chad Gable? Why does he care about fighting? Why does he, why the fuck does he care about money? Does that kind of dude seem like he cares about money? No. Like he's over here getting hired, but it's like, it just doesn't fucking make any sense. And I know, you know, in this in this day and age, you wanted all the answers up front, but it's like I don't want you to tell me everything now. But at least, I can I understand what's up with this dude? Like, this is one of those things where we were talking earlier in the pre-show, where I'm like, I'm starting to understand some of Vince McMahon's madness when it comes to some of these NXT people because it's like, what's like Gargano for me is not working, Candice is not working, and Loomis is definitely not working, and it's like. I understand why Vince sees some of these people and he's just like, the fuck am I supposed to do with this guy? And that's why he repackages them and changes their name and their character and tries to do all these things because he sees them and he's just kind of like, the fuck, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I'm telling you to bring me warriors and you're bringing me like little Johnny Gargano. Am I supposed to put him in a match against Braun Strowman? Like, what the fuck do you want me to do with this guy? And I think Hunter is like, he's just bringing these people over. And it's weird because this is one of the things we ask for. Just bring the guy from NXT the way he is. That's what we want. Yeah. But now they're coming and some of this shit is really not working, bro. Like, I hate to say it because I've seen Johnny Gargano have some fucking amazing matches. Um, But it's not working, bro. It's really not. No, I definitely agree. I'm not going to say shit on the match, to be honest. I have not much to say. Simple answer, let Loomis talk. If he doesn't talk, he's never going to get over. Um, Gargano, though, is one I haven't given up on. The only reason being, like, I'll admit, I, even in NXT, I wasn't a huge Kansas LeRae fan. Like, whatever. Talented. Right. I always talented because I can't do that, right? 
But I think Gargano's going to get that spotlight in like a Money in the Bank match or going for the U.S. title. Like I don't, I don't think Johnny Gargano's like done yet. I just think it's kind of just like how we bitch about with AEW, right? You bring in all these people and then they're gone like two weeks later. It's like, all right, that's fine. You want to bring people back. In either company, right? You want to make an impact instantly, right? Triple H, I just took over. Bring back my guys. AEW, this phenomenal talent got released. I want to bring them in instantly. Makes sense. I'd probably do the same thing. But maybe you should, like, sign these people and just kind of let them fall into place. You know? Let them. Because as long as you have them, you have them. You know? It doesn't – you have them on Tuesday and they got to be on TV Wednesday or Friday or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got to say. You know, just I Loomis personally was one when he came back, I didn't really care about, to be honest. Um, you know, the only one, like I wasn't cool with the OC either, really. I respect them. I like them. But I was like, all right, whatever, they're back. I kind of like what they're doing yeah. now with them, especially AEM being in there. But so then, but I don't know. I think hopefully Bronson Reed, they showed vignettes for him later in the night. Right. Hopefully they're showing the hell on his own and I like that they did vignettes because sometimes it's a simple answer like Hobbs. Hobbs has been around for a minute. Vignette, boom he's already more over. You know sometimes right. it's the little things like these video packages which both companies do a phenomenal job with but um, yeah that's all I really gotta say on that. Yeah and, and, and can we stop with bringing everybody through the Miz? Like the Dexter with the Miz Johnny with the Miz, Bronson Reed what the fuck is it with the Miz? Like is he the only one that can like introduce new characters? Can we like we fucking do something else, bro. Yeah. So, the Miz is great at one thing. Celebrity spots. I'll give him yeah. that. He's good with the celebrity. I'll and again, it's not just shit on the money. Because, you know, got respect for the guy. But it's like, come on, bro. Every, it's like the whole fucking everything depends on the Miz. Tommaso Ciampa with the Miz. Like, the yeah. fuck, man? It's just, I don't know. He's got Maurice. That is He's true. He has Maurice. Do you see that Christmas <laughs> tree picture she posted? The, yeah, the new- yeah, and the Good New Year's Lord. Eve one, like go Miz, no go Miz. <laughs> and then, um, moving Absolutely. on to that, I want to get your your thoughts on. So, last year we argued shocking moment. Cody comes back to WWE, tears his pec, has an amazing match with the torn pec in Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins. Now they're showing promo. He appears at the end of Raw, best of WWE show. Um, says his piece, and now they're showing promos that say to be continued. Um, mm. Phenomenal and perfect, like great video packages. Very, very good. But the only thing I get about this, and I'll let you say your piece, is there's all these speculations of The Rock, right? And I said on this show off air, I love The Rock. The Rock can come in at number 30 at the Rumble and win. I will be happy because Rock's one of my favorites of all time, like whatever, right? May is there other ways you can get rock, rock maybe into the title picture? Absolutely, right? But we don't know what they're doing. Both titles, one up. Anyway, the only thing that's got me going because there's only two people everyone thinks going to win the rumble: either The Rock or Cody, okay. right? Right. And as I said off air, and I want to say it again, is the more they're showing Cody, maybe not even him, like live, but him in general. Makes me think more and more the rock might be a thing. Cause I, mm. like the example I used was 2015. Daniel Bryan was hotter than ever still. Cause he'd had the relinquished title, came back. Um, and they had him early in the rumble and he got eliminated early. So Roman can win. 
So there wouldn't be that heat of them two in like the final four. Last year, Sasha Banks, they bring her back the day before the Rumble for some reason, right? She comes in at number two or number one, one or two, one of them, and eliminated quickly because Ronda comes back and wins. You don't want her there. So that's the only thing I get with this. Right. Is that, so two things. One, like I said, maybe this is their code. Whether he announces he's coming back at the Rumble or not at the end of these, or that, that means The Rock's coming back personally, or if, uh, Cody enters the Rumble early. I think that's enough. Not saying he's got to enter 30 and win the thing, but I don't see yeah. Cody coming back at like six and winning the thing. If he's, yeah. I'd say if he makes it to like 15, I get it. That's the middle number or higher. Good possibility. Um, but yeah, so what were your take on these? Right. Now, I would think, so for, there's a couple things here. So first of all, my ideal scenario for this is, cause there's a lot of shit going on with this. My ideal scenario is Cody wins the Royal Rumble. I would have Cody at 30. Don't have him come. You just coming back off a fucking injury. We're not going to put you in at one. We're not yeah. going to put you at 10 and have you do. Which he would probably want minutes. to be. Yeah, of course. You know, he, cause he's not afraid of the work. I'm not, you know, I would never take that away from him, but I, I'm like, yeah. listen, bro, relax. You just <laughs> came back. We're putting you in at 30. 30 is that spot where every 30, you're always supposed to be getting like surprised at who it is. Um, so have him come in at 30, hit the music. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Let the crowd go fucking nuts. You come in, you run, you have the hot fucking, you know, that moment where you come in and you beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Have them win at 30. Wrestle Roman at WrestleMania for both belts. Win the titles. And unify the goddamn belts and have one belt where it's the winging, a variation or at least for a, a time, at least bring back the winged eagle belt. I know that's not going to happen because they love having that big WWE logo, but at least bring that back or a variation of that belt because it's going to be closer to the belt that Dusty Rhodes, you know, never was never able to get. So because the Dusty Rhodes, what the fuck did he want with that big fucking WWE that he it isn't like the the, the optics would be better if it's the you know, closer looking to the original design. So that's my ideal scenario. He comes in at 30, he wins, he wins the belts, he changes those two belts into one belt, and it's closer to the original WWE belt. That's my ideal scenario. For me, the thing with The Rock is, I would argue that he doesn't need to win the Rumble. He doesn't need I agree. to win anything. He literally, all he has to do is show up. All he has to do is show up and they hit his music. And then he could be in any match. Because fucking Goldberg... You know, every fucking eight months or something, they dig him out of his fucking grave and they, they he hit his music and he walks out and he goes, I want a title match. And whoever he challenges goes, okay, and he has a title match. It's like, the fuck? So The Rock, all he has to do is show up, like before WrestleMania. Roman wins some match against somebody. He's standing there in the ring and they hit The Rock's music. They have a face-to-face thing. They go off air. Boom. That's your match right there. That's all you need. Yeah, and I think that gets more of a pop in a holy shit moment than coming in at 30, personally. Because you come in at number 30, and what happens is you're in the match. Like, you're going to have the pop. 
when you're in couple rocky chants, right? Like the crowd's going to be hot the whole time, right? But I I just think you get more with the stare down. You know what I mean? Like the first time the Rock sees Roman should be the stare down. It shouldn't be the Rock wins the Rumble, I'm going to Mania. Yeah. You know, which like I'm a mark for the Rock is, is, in whatever. Do you think the Rock is um, the Rock, Jesus Christ. What do you do you think Roman is going to have a championship match at Royal Rumble? Yes, so this is what I think. Another tall tale sell of the rock is okay. I think he's gonna fight KO. And okay. if you remember 2013's Rumble, The Rock was in a match. He fought Punk for the title, and that was the main event. So I think if for some reason the men's rumble isn't the main event, Rock comes out then. Okay. Right? Because why would you have Roman and KO? I get it, Roman wants the main event. You get it, but it's kinda like like last year, he opened the show. Oh no! Said, they, right? Yeah, that that should be one hundred percent the main event. If he's wrestling on that show, yeah, that exactly. should one hundred percent go last. Yeah, yeah. So if Roman and KO is the main event for some reason, and The Rock's not involved, then that's just dumb. That's just dumb. So, but that's what they did back then. They had The Rock and Punk in the main event because Rock won the title, right? Um. So I think that makes it, yeah, kind of all that. But then, you know, I don't know because I don't know. This why I said like this year's Rumble. It's going to be very interesting. You know, we're going to be, yeah, you guys if, if know, we'll probably be put a fucking going. card together. Yeah, they exactly. Which fucking, I'll let they you don't seem to give a shit about that. this fucking card. We were talking about this earlier. The Royal Rumble's on January 28th, which is in like, I don't know, three, four weeks. It's at the end of this month. Yeah, three so far, there's three matches. There's three matches on this card right now. The Men's Rumble, the Women's Rumble, and this Pitch Black match that Bray Wyatt and LA Knight are gonna have. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh yeah. there's one and there's one person on the WWE roster who has declared for the Royal Rumble, and it's Kofi Kingston. And he's the only one. You can argue Mr. So apparently you can argue no Mr. Royal Rumble himself. Yeah, <laughs> no one else gives a flying fuck about the Royal Rumble on this roster. Nobody cares because no one else has decided to declare. No one else is having any matches. It's just, they're just, we'll figure it out, which is weird because this is, for me, when I was a kid, Royal Rumble was like, it was Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and WrestleMania, and SummerSlam to a lesser extent. Well, actually, it was Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania, and Survivor Series was like, also, you know, it was the last one of those four. Um, yeah. But it just, I think... So that's why I asked you about Roman having a match on that show because I think the the perfect thing would be have Cody win, and then you have The Rock retain. Obviously, he's not going to lose to Kevin Owens. Um, he have him retain, and then The Rock comes out at the end of that, and they have their face to face at the end of that show. That would be probably the ideal situation if you're going to have The Rock come back at all. And that way, WrestleMania yeah. they can kind of figure out. Um, we were talking about this in a previous episode. I don't know if you do, cause it's like, you can have Roman headline both nights where he wrestles the rock one night and then Cody the second night. But I don't know if you do the rock first or you do Cody first. Like, do you have, yeah, the rock? I think you and do. Cody I think Saturday? Do. that's the case. Yeah. And then Rock you know and Roman. I mean? Sunday. Like, do you have Rock and Cody on Saturday, and then Cody wins the titles, and then Sunday you have him fight the Rock? Then he what? He's gonna 
that he beats The Rock, obviously, because he's not he shouldn't lose to The Rock. In yeah, no, Rock, in Rock, no no, world, at the end of the day. Yeah, and no yeah. world should The Rock be coming back at whatever age he is and not yeah. wrestling for what? nine years and beating Roman Reigns. That this should not happen. And his work schedule. And then uh Yeah, for real. So let me are you are you like at the end of the day, think about this question before I ask you this name. Are you like a legit nostalgia guy? Like do you like nostalgia? Not me, not wrestling, obviously we're talking about in general. Like, do you like nostalgia? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, for the most part, yeah, like, it, the thing is, is like, the last time I saw The Rock, I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love The Rock. It's like one of the greatest ever. Oh, I think everyone. I watch Rock yeah. highlights all the time. Um, I think I was watching Rock highlights. Oh, I was watching one today. It was on Twitter. It was, uh, <laughs> it was The Rock and Stone Cold where The Rock was like, I don't come out here. You don't see me coming out here and going, what? What? <laughs> What? What? <laughs> Stokely, he did that shit like six times to Stogo. Stogo just looked at him. He stepped away and he came back and he just said what like 27 times. So that's I why smiling, I asked. I was like, this is I was like, man, this shit's hilarious, bro. That's like super classic. This is um, perfect. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I definitely have the nostalgia factor for sure. So if you had the option as a fan, don't think about anyone else but yourself right now. If you could, because... This person has been training. Videos are going viral. This person's been open about wrestling again after what happened this last year. If you could get Rock Austin one more time at Mania, not for title, just one-on-one Rock, would would you rather see that or say Roman Rock? Just Now, leave the titles out of it because then you're thinking like, oh, well, it's a title match. I don't want Rock fighting. For just pretty right. much would you rather see Rock Austin one more time or the Rome, like the Bloodline match? Yeah, I think I'd rather have The Rock do the bloodline thing because, yeah. um, first of all, the reason that the Stone Cold match worked was because he was in there with a goddamn professional, uh, yeah. a young lion in Kevin Owens. So that's why that match worked as well as it did. If you're going to have The Stone Cold in there, yeah, he's training his ass off, but you're going to have him go in there with The Rock, who I know he's probably training also if he's planning on coming back. But, bro, there's nothing like, Training and then being in the ring, not being in the ring nine years, bro. That's that's gonna be sloppy as fuck. Yeah, and I know that they're both that, legends. That's but again, the 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 optic of seeing the two of them in the ring again will be, you know, that would be a a, a big pop moment. Um, yeah. um, but watching them wrestle for ten minutes, yeah. So, did you hear? Speaking of young Kevin Owens, did you hear what he said about that match? How like Steve. Vince and Bruce Pritchard all said, you're the one. Like, there's only one person that can do this with him, and it's you. Wow. Like, you got to think between – and then he had another fun fact. He's the only one since, I think, like 2002 to have a match with John Cena, E. Grano's attack, and uh, Austin. Holy shit. Yeah, that's good for him, man. Kind of want to give Kevin Owens some spotlight. Well deserved. Yeah, man, get some flowers, bro. And then this year going into Mania, it seems like he's going to have a very, you know, big match for the tag titles, which I'm happy about that match before we move on because the tag titles is the one thing stopping KO from being a Grand Slam champion. Yeah. Hell yeah. Getting that moment at Mania with his best friend. Wait, he's never had the tag titles? I think about it. Him and Sammy never had them. Him and Jericho didn't have them because he was the universal champ and Jericho was United States. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, and then him and Sammy had the uh, thing, but they mostly feuded with Shane and uh, 
at the time, Daniel Bryan. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, the that's the real question. Out. Now that you said that name, that's the real question. Are we gonna see Shane McMahon back in time for WrestleMania, baby? Come on, Shane <laughs> I, O'Mac. I think that's obvious out the window on, especially with the Rumble last year. I can't but, wait because you know he's gonna, you know, eventually somehow, some way he's gonna wiggle his way back onto the TV somehow, and I can't wait to hear the collective groans from the crowd when they hit that. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. It's going to be like, ugh, are you fucking kidding me, bro? He, when he returned in 2016, oh, I was tremendous. He was doing I great. He was doing great between the match with Taker, jumping off the cell, then being the GM, then even the match he had with AJ Styles at WrestleMania was good. The tag match they had was good. The feud he had, the two feuds he had with KO as a face yeah. and as a heel. Once he did the, when he went away and then came back randomly in 21 to fight Strowman and was doing the he slime. Fucking, he can't even breathe. The, He's like, he talks. Yeah, like that was dumb. Was... And, and the way he booked himself <sighs> in the rumble. Um, the the one slime, thing I want, the green slime thing with yeah. Braun Strowman. That's... Yeah. I think that hurt both of them tremendously. But the fuck here, speaking bro. of hurting, speaking of hurting, mm, you know, yes. I'm going to talk about one thing real quick. Damage control was walking by, walking to the ring. Who cares? That happens every night on Raw. We see in the background General Manager Adam Pierce having a conversation with three gentlemen who have a history together of MVP, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton ben- Benjamin. The Hurt Business. Let's go. Talk- we haven't seen Bobby since I believe he got fired or reinstated. I don't Born know. We haven't fired. Seen- yeah. We haven't seen Bobby and we haven't seen uh, MVP's newest. You know, protege on Raw at least. I know he's been doing house shows, but I think he's at neither, the performance center, bro. I haven't, but neither have been on TV in a bit. And I want the Hurt Business back. Yeah, I, the Hurt oh, Business yeah. was phenomenal during the pandemic. Just didn't make its course to live TV. Um, I want to see that. I don't care if they win all the gold or not, but I'll never forget. I hated, hated Retribution. I know we weren't, we weren't quite in, we didn't know each other then, but I imagine you did not like that as well. Yeah, but when fast. they had that one part where Retribution was just in the ring and they were like talking shit and then you just hear the hurt business and these four dudes just come out in suits and take off because MVP was healthy then. He didn't have the leg. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming he's healthy now, but he was kind of performing still then. Yeah. And the four of them just go to town on Retribution, like in the suits with the jackets, like, that was easy. That was honestly probably in my top five favorite like pandemic moments. Because yeah. it was just four dudes came out kind of in a weird way, even though they were heels, representing the company. Like, yo, yeah. we're going to be. And they were just so believable. Like, picture that with Omos or not. I think it'd be good to bring him in, even though it's five people. Well, I guess it would be four because MVP is not going to perform like that probably. Yeah. But that would just be dope. That would be dope. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was one thing that I really liked about this was that when I was watching, I saw them walking and I looked in the background and I saw that was happening and I was like, oh shit. And much to my joy, when I went on Twitter, everybody was talking about that shit. Like my whole timeline was like, yo, the hurt business, the hurt business. I was like, good, good. Cause those dudes definitely deserve to, to, to have another run. And especially, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, they're probably not going to have too many titles or whatever. 
But they, you know, they don't really need that right now. Just get them back together, bro. Those are that's like the Black Four Horsemen, like for real. And I know that they, you know, that might be blasphemy to some people's ears, but to me, it's like the Black Four Horsemen, bro. Those dudes together are, yeah, those dudes together are like magic. And it didn't last long, but the I remember the video where they're coming off the private plane and shit, and they're fucking walking and putting their shit and their ties and all that. That shit was all dope, bro. Um, yeah, and, they got and it's the perfect. perfect. If you want to build stables, that's what WWE should be doing. There's, there's like, go ahead and go go to town and get the stables thing going because you have Judgment Day, you have Damage Control, you got, you know, you got your OC and shit. Just Picture the heart in the bloodline going at it. Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd, that'd be dope. You know what I mean? So I like, you can have, I don't I don't know, and then, uh, but yeah, I think we're, I think anyone who's ever been on our show, you know, loves the Hurt Business. I even bought the Hurt Business shirt. So, uh, I'm going to yeah. tell you a childish thing. You'll get a kick out of this, but me and my boys back home, all big wrestling fans. And, um, we made our own like backyard wrestling company. Like it started years, years ago. And when we'd be on like the trampoline wrestling, it was, uh, EWW, but we started making like stables and, during, we got a kick out of the 24-7 title. We always thought it was dumb, but like dumb funny. So what right. I did actually, my other room, I bought like the $20 toy 24-7 title. And we used to like cut promos with it. And this is like during COVID. So recently, like just being children, cause we're like, fuck it, right? But we'd get together like when we'd have parties and bring it and like you could challenge for the title so many times in a night. We have a log of who's the champion and all that. But we made stables and me and my two boys were the Hurt Business because we were just obsessed with them. Like at every party, my boy, like just little dumb things. But it was like I I just had to mention that because we're the Hurt Business and I love the Hurt Business. So we all bought the shirts and we're like wear them because we're the Hurt Business. Yeah, you don't fuck the Hurt Business. Yeah, we used to just dumb childish things, but it's such such a blast, honestly. It's us being kids. I guess that's a piece of merch I have. The toy twenty four seven. There you go. Title. Yeah, bro, hang that shit up. Put the shit on the hanger. Hang yeah, that bitch up. I'm, I'm I'm a fan, but yeah, um, yeah. So I hope we see some, this go somewhere, man. I really do. That yeah, would be great. I I I don't know how I feel about Omas being in there, but I don't feel it would hurt because. You know, Bobby is your muscle already. I need Bobby. It's not the her business without Bobby Lashley, so he has to be in the. That's group. yeah, yeah, and it's like you can't, that's it can't be where- Cedric, Shelton, and Omos. You can't do that. That's not gonna work. No, and then it's also like Bobby doesn't need the muscle. Like yeah, yeah I exactly. get Omos. Omos is a big dude. Like you could probably find a way to make it work, and I bet you if you and I sat here for thirty minutes straight, we could probably figure it out. But I think that's the perfect place for him. Learn how to go like a big guy from Bobby. You know, Cedric can go. Shelton's a vet of how many years that can teach him. Right. I think he's already improved the six, seven, eight months he's been with MVP. You know what I mean? We kind of gave him some praise during that match with Strowman yeah. in Saudi. Yeah, they had a good match. I don't, I'm, I've, I've grown on Omos for sure. He's definitely grown. It's just the one thing I, I still don't like that he, he does the shit talking too much. This is my house. You yeah. know? <laughs> Deep ass masculine voice and seven foot four. But um yeah, yeah so team hurt business here. You know what I mean? You know, Lou Lou and I here will definitely be going in. Um speaking of damage crawl after that, they make their way to the ring, cut a promo, um, and then Becky comes out. You know, you hear there's gonna be a match, 
She does a two-on-one match, does her part, but then, you know, when she's getting her, her ass beat a little bit, out comes Mia Yim, uh, and Mi-chin. they have the tag match. Mi-chin, yeah, Mi-chin, she's Mia no Yim. She's no longer Mia Yim. I think they finally pulled the trigger on that. They've gotten rid of her Mia Yim name, and she is now and- Mi-chin, because they said Mi-chin about 47 fucking times during this match. This is one of them things. I liked the match. I liked that she got the spotlight, too, Mi-chin. And you know, like, kind of like what we said with the Alexa thing, because I think it means crazy, Michin. And I hate not supporting wrestlers when it's something they like or their idea. Like Nikki Cross. I did not like the Nikki Age thing. But then when I heard it was her yeah. idea, she got it over on Money in the Bank title. I support, like, she likes this Michin thing. You know what I mean? Um, well, and it's, it's just, I think for her, it was, uh, she wants to be able, if she leaves, to be Mia Yim because she wants to be her, herself. Yeah. So, you know, she's fine with this, uh, this Michin thing. I don't really have an issue with it at all, honestly. I'm kind of over that whole thing where they change people's names. So, yeah. 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 So I don't know, but decent match. Um, it's, it is what it is, you know. The biggest thing I like about it is just Meechin getting the spotlight. You know, she's someone I do want to see well. She's with the OC. Um, so we'll see where that goes. And then before we move on to the main event, we got to talk about this Dominic Mysterio promo with his teardrop no, tattoo. This is the greatest fucking thing that is happening right now in WWE. It is the greatest shit ever. It's absolutely I, I can't. I'm like a fan of Dominic Mysterio. I hated him doing the Judgment Day thing. But between the two holiday things, him going to jail, I'm not going to make it in jail, mommy. Just how everyone, all yeah. of us guys love Rhea Ripley. And like he, even though everyone in real life knows she's with, uh, you know, Buddy Matthews, but right. we're all like still screwed Dom. And then Dan made those, the video, like just so, so much is going with this. And I'll admit like Dom, I think has got that heel go home. He like, you can argue Dominic's been on a roll. And I, I'm enjoying this. I'm loving it. Bro, Dominic Mysterio has a teardrop tattoo on his face. That shit. When I saw that, I just, I fucking, I lost it. I couldn't fucking believe that they were like going this way with it. This shit is hilarious, bro. I was one of the biggest Dominic Mysterio haters ever last year. Like I was like, dude, this guy sucks. I don't get it. He's never going to be Rey Mysterio. It's, it's not going to happen. This dude doesn't have it. He got that goofy baby face. Like you, you can't take him seriously. And now after that promo last night, bro, they should just go, just go full silly with the shit. Just, just go silly yep. with it, bro. Just <laughs> fucking ride the wave, bro. Cause that shit was hilarious. We've been enjoying the, the, the holiday segments. Like we've been enjoying them, but that's mostly like a Twitter thing. And then they'll show it on Raw like the next week or whatever when it comes out. We had already seen it. And then they'll play it like later on for everyone else who missed it or whatever. Um, so I'm glad that they showed it so you had context. But that promo that he cut talking about, uh, I've done hard time and I've changed. Like, bro, you were in jail one night, bro. One night. And he's I love about it. He's, he's done hard time. That's like, that shit's hilarious, bro. I'm so happy for that kid, man. He is, it's like he's finally coming to his own thing. Him getting away from his dad was like the best thing they could have done because that, that shit was hamstringing him. Now he's actually able to like kind of complete. And they're, they're going to revert back to it though. Definitely yeah, 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 going to be course. a mania match. 
Yeah, yeah. Which I'm cool with Dom going over on Ray in Cali of all places, like where they're from. Yeah, this is great. And this is one of the things, if you would have told me and fuck, when did Judgment Day start? April? Yeah, because Edge was technically yeah. in Judgment Day at Mania. If you would have told me in January you're going to look forward to the Judgment Day, I'd laugh in your face. But they're getting it over. And what I like about it, it's all the younger people. You know, yeah, Finn's a little older, but still, like, younger on the roster. Rhea, younger right. in general. Damian Priest, younger on the roster. So love where they're going. Can't wait to see where that goes. And then closing out the show, we spoke about it briefly, and we're going to finish it up here with Austin Derry defending his United States title against Seth Rollins. Great match. Just yeah. two dudes who can go. Um, you know, I felt this is a difference where you see Vince and Triple H. And what I mean by that is I think this would have been more of a DQ finish oh, versus yeah. what they did with the ref. The two refs there, you got the low blow, hit the A-town down, give them the one, two, three. Um, but they, 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 they both went in. But the big thing, as we said, is that injury. But Seth, man, I don't know. Like I said, Seth yeah. just – I feel like whenever – that's at his high is when he gets hurt. Like, he won the title at Mania in 2015. Goes on this great run, beats Cena. He's like the guy, and then he gets hurt. Now this, he hasn't been WWE Universal Champion in how long. You know, gets this crazy outfit gimmick thing over, and yeah. now his hair's blonde. Again. And he's here, like sports, as people don't agree with their list, but Sports Illustrated's Wrestler of the Year, you know. A lot of people's WWE Wrestler of the Year, you know, and hurt. Like, I hate seeing it, you know, just like, and then even back to 2017 when he was feuding with Triple H. Remember, if you remember, Samoa Joe made his debut and yeah. bruised his MCL, and that yeah. match was up for question. So it seems like whenever Seth's on that high, it's something terrible happens to him. So that's and it's funny, my, right? you know, great match. Yeah. It's funny that saying he's on a high, he's starting the year off with another L. Starting the year off with a fresh L. And uh he's been taking quite a few yep. of those. And then he so he lost like I don't know how many matches in a row, and then he won that title, right? And then he did he even have a defense of it, or did he lose that shit? I don't think he had a title defense after that that he lost before he lost that belt. So that might have been his only W in that time frame. I can't Dave really maybe won against Maybe he had one against Bobby because then they did the triple threat, right? He lost okay. in the triple threat. Right, 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 right. I think, right? He lost yeah. area at that triple. Yeah, maybe. If anything, one. Yeah, so he's probably like two or three and like 14. So, like, his record is shitty. And look at how over he is, bro. Still. Still one of the top guys. Still yeah. super over. Still could get in there with anybody and make it believable. Like, that's that's a testament to his talent. That's why we say, like, if he's legitimately hurt, that's a big problem. Because that dude, you could plug him in in any feud and take it to the next level. And um, the fact that he might be injured is just not great. So, because the match was fantastic, it was a great match, and it got it got um, Austin Theory a much needed win. Because if anybody was on a losing streak, it was that guy, bro. That guy was on the oh, only yeah. fucking losing streak, um, and he's been rehabilitated. So. I'm happy for him. I love. Happy for the dude. Just kind of sucks him out in the head. It's at Rollins' expense. Hopefully, you know, it's it's a bullshit injury or whatever, but maybe he needs a little time off or something. Who knows? You never know with these guys. Everything's a secret, but 
I hadn't seen any reports, bro. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's, it's a real injury, which sucks. We shall see. We shall see. And then that is how Raw concluded. And this is how we're going to conclude. Um, just before we go and I let Lou plug it in, just stay tuned. As we said, we're going to be doing a Wrestle Kingdom, uh, review for you guys. New, especially hopefully you New Japan fans that listen. Hopefully we don't insult your intelligence too much with our thoughts on the show and performers and things like that. Um, but yeah, so before I let you guys go and I pass it off to Lou to close it out, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at wrestling is, I mean, me, sorry. This, Nick Anastelli. <laughs> but most importantly, as always, follow the show on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash at Wrestling Is Trash. Thank you guys as always for listening. I just want to say my thank yous. But Lou, where can we find you? You already know, man. Lou from the BX, aka Luminic BX Stereo. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, The Everything Podcast. From there, you click on the Drum IO link in my bio and you'll get access to every single thing. All the content that we put out here, uh, all the content I put out on my own. And uh, that's where you're going to find your most accurate representation of the Everything Podcast for me. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for joining us for episode 125 of Wrestling is Trash. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you join us next week for our New Japan recap show, which we are very excited about doing. So again, this is going to be coming from a fan perspective and a fan perspective only because I have no professional knowledge of that company, but okay. I'm super fucking excited to watch this show. So we hope that you guys get the get that enthusiasm from us when you watch the recap. And uh, with that being said, we thank you guys so much for joining us and we will catch you next time on Wrestling is Trash. Knuckle up.